I want to talk to you about Grip 6. You work hard for your money. I don't know if you can get this from uh, the other camera, but there are my Grip 6 socks right there. Can you get it from the other camera? That one, Stu's camera? Uh, Stu's no, camera. No, you can't. Wow. Wow. With no warning. There oh, you go. Great Grip 6. They're there my uh, Grip 6 socks. They're fantastic. What do you... Can you put your shoes back on, please? This is television. I didn't. I like your socks. I don't like your feet. This is the this this radio. In a minute, this is television, and it's genius the way I'm doing it today. That is, I'm like I'm like the average person. When you buy socks, do what I do. Buy Grip Six socks and go into your first meeting of the day and put your feet up on the desk and see how that works out for you. Just saying. They're great socks. And people will say they're great socks. By the way, you're fired because you just took your shoes off in the middle of an important meeting. socks. I'm just saying. (laughs) Proof is in the pudding. I wear them. Grip6 socks. (laughs) Grip6.com slash Beck. Grip6.com slash Beck. All right. Here we go. Monday. you sick twisted freak welcome to the uh, glenn beck program we have gotten better and better on dreaming as time has gone on but we have lost the ability to see those dreams come true by individuals so i i want to talk to you about the power of the individual and we begin in 60 seconds jason wrote in about his dog's experience with rough greens he says my dogs will actually push my hand away when I mix rough greens into their food bowls. So true. They'll just start chowing down. Their fur is shiny. They have tons of energy. I definitely recommend this product to anybody with dogs. Thank you so much for rough greens. You can thank Dr. Dennis Black. He's a naturopathic doctor who invented the solution. And it is rough greens. R-U-F-F greens full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and antioxidants. Things that are going to make your dog healthy and happy. Right now, you can get your first bag free. All you do is pay for free shipping, uh, pay for the shipping. The product is free. It's Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, 833-GLEN-33, or roughgreens.com slash Beck. All right, I was thinking this weekend uh about the power of the individual and how we have uh been trained to forget this and we've been trained by very powerful people and organizations it used to be that we could be trained by corporations but uh now it's corporations alongside the government and so we feel even more small but don't Because I want to tell you, I want to take you through a story here that takes you from the early 20th century with a guy out in a field all the way to where we are today. 
Back in the early 20th century, one American found himself alone on a battlefield, not one of bullets and bombs, but a battle of wits and innovation and stamina. The battle that would determine the fate of an industry and all of our lives individually. Our protagonist, born to humble beginnings, in a log cabin of all places. But he was ingenious. As a teenager, he had a really uncanny ability to envision the future beyond the limits of his time. His favorite was science and mathematics. And he would, he would dream with his science teacher all the time who first thought he was a little nuts and then realized, no, he's genius. And he faced all kinds of obstacles that would have broken the will of many. But he was driven by an unshakable belief that tomorrow can be better than today. And it would be the individual that would do that. The giants of industry, the titans of commerce, the lords of finance. When he started to get going, everyone stood against him. He had one opponent. One that tried hard to discredit his ideas. He sabotaged his work. He sent spies into this little guy's workshop. But no matter how much this guy spent, no matter how much power this man had, no matter how much he would expend in resources, our little hero just kept working at night. One day he was plowing a field on his family's farm. And he turned his plow and looked as he was starting a new row. And he saw all of the rows. And it gave him an idea. It gave him an idea of, a series of dots. That moment changed the entire world. When he brought it up, ridicule, skepticism, betrayal from those he trusted. He put a little lab in San Francisco and he couldn't get anybody to invest. He was making the equipment, so it kept failing because... He didn't know how to make it, and they were making it for the first time. So he started making his own little components and improvised solutions. He had an unwavering faith in his vision and America. 1927, September 7th, 1927. He transmitted the very first electronic television image, a straight line. He used a single beam of electrons. This led him to a fully functional all-electronic television system. And as the years passed, the fruits of his labor began to take shape. And one day, to the astonishment of the world, he unveiled his creation, a groundbreaking innovation that would change the way we work, the way we live, the way we communicate. The invention, a marvel of modern engineering and design, 
captivated the public, sent shockwaves through the industries that once sought to destroy him. The giants that scoffed at him now found themselves scrambling to catch up as their empires began to crumble. Through a series of lengthy battles with these giants in court, he defended his patents. He secured his place in history. That little man who faced the insurmountable odds and emerged victorious was none other than Philo Farnsworth. He was the inventor of the fully functional all-electronic television system. The device that brought families together around the glow of its scream that shaped the culture, connected us to the world, to space. We saw a man walk on the moon, was the brainchild of a man who fought a lonely battle against the giants of his time, and it's all but forgotten. But it all started with a guy who was working out in a field, and when he turned his plow and saw those lines, he thought... If I put dots of color into lines, several lines, I'll be able to transmit a picture. Those dots we now know as pixels. And it is the building block of every image that we see today. So here was step one. But in our story, it takes a long time for things to change. For instance, Marconi, he comes up with the idea that you can have sound over sound waves. That's around the turn of the century. It was 1933 that FM radio was first discovered by a guy named Edwin Armstrong. And Edmund Armstrong invents it, but he works for the same guy that was suing Philo Farnsworth. And this time he wins. He says this was developed solely for RCA, and he put it in a safe. Invented in 1933, but the greed of a capitalist named Sarnoff let that thing sit in a vault until they had sold all the AM radios they could possibly do. And then the invention of television came and made radio less and less important. And he had to finally, in the 1960s, pull it out of the vault. And it wasn't until the 1970s that FM radio came. And then that was abolished. Why? Because really, the cell phone, the internet, one of the key visionaries was Martin Cooper. He's the father of the cell phone. He knew that not only could we use a phone like we used to use an AT&T phone, but it would also allow us to access all kinds of media at the time when he thought it, television. We could have television on our phones. Lots of things had to happen in between. 3G and 4, 4G networks that we know today, that's really what's made this possible. And then Apple in 2007 with the smartphone. 
large touchscreen displays, powerful processing units. All of that had to happen. And it took down yet another industry. And we used it to take down cable television. When they said, go ahead, say whatever you want, but not on this platform. Go make your own. We did. In 2011, we launched something called Blaze TV. At the time, traditional cable networks were still the dominant force in news and entertainment. And I remember sitting in my, new, in my uh, office looking at my news team and Stu, my executive producer, and I said, this is all going to come collapsing down around them. And we embrace the power of the Internet. And we embrace the power of an audience. And we passed, bypassed the gatekeepers of television. And we made The Blaze an independent place for the voice to be heard. And you liked it. And you subscribed. It was a place to connect and hear the truth. Engage in thoughtful discussions about the issues that matter most. And because of our success, others followed in our footsteps and a new wave of independent media organizations emerged and leveraged the power of the Internet to create alternative sources for information and entertainment. And we all strive and we all have thrived on the principles of honesty and integrity and intellectual curiosity, something that is all but dead in the mainstream media. All of this stuff always comes crashing down, and it always seems tragic to those who are trying to hang on to the past. But don't hang on to the past. Hang on to the principles of the past. Because eventually, AM radio goes away. FM radio is the king. And local television stations are the king. And then... Cable becomes the king. And while those things still remain, they become less important. And today, news, all of the so-called truth-tellers, have exposed themselves in their desperation, in their desperation just to survive, not to be relevant, but just to survive. They are willing to call a woman, a man, and a man, a woman. When really, the way to survive is to just remain loyal only to the truth. We're not battling people. We're battling desperation. We're battling evil. A relentless barrage of falsehoods and manipulations. But the truth will always weather the storm. Most people don't know I named the blaze after two things, and one of them was the burning bush of Moses. It was a fire of truth that burned but never consumed. As long as it is truthful, that fire will burn and never 
consume. I just want to remind you that things always change. That individuals make all of the difference. Our country is a testament to the power of innovation and resilience and the unwavering belief of the individual, the importance of free speech and open discourse and a rule of law. Let, be, let that be your, your beacon of hope this week. That no matter what is collapsing around us, there's somebody, somebody, thinking of something much better, and it's growing. And right now, as we see the collapse of truth, just know you have helped build that something that will replace those lies. A positive change is possible if we believe in the truth and ourselves. Caroline wrote in about her experience with relief factors. She said, I used to have so much pain in my body that I would have to hold my arm of the chair so I could you know, get up and just stand before walking. Ever since I started taking relief factor, it's totally different. Now I'm able to get up. I don't have any problem. I walk right away. Thank you. Carolyn, thank you. Thank you for writing in. If you're dealing with pain, please give Relief Factor a try. I know, you're skeptical. I was too. It worked for me. Get your life back. A three-week quick start is now $19.95. It's a trial pack. It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them have gone on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF, or relieffactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. Well, hello to Stu Brigier. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Very well. How are uh, you? Good. How was your weekend? It was good. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Nineteen hundred little league games, and yeah, and that's the my kids are in that age. That that is the entire weekend. I had a uh, I had a birthday party for one of my kids. Yeah. We went to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in a movie theater. Really? I haven't done that since I was probably about six. Yeah. Okay. You have to see it in a movie theater. It is a totally different experience. This is you're talking. Please tell me you're talking about the original. Oh, Gene Wilder. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. you. Of course, thank the you. other one's an abomination. Okay, that, we don't even mention that. Okay, one. <laughs> um, no, it, it is a totally different experience. How it is hysterical with a crowd. Really, with a crowd, you know, when you snicker or you're like, uh, you know, and he's like, oh no, please stop. When he does things like that, you kind of just laugh in your head if you're watching it, you know, which is your family. The audience laughs hard and you you recognize it is so much more a comedy mm. than really anything else. It does not take itself seriously. It is it's really a different experience. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I, I, the, it's still an all time classic, that movie. Gene Wilder, he was the best. <laughs> so good. So good. In that role. And so he changed it, too. I mean, on his own. Kind of went in there and, and just did it 
kind of a different way than they were expecting and yeah. that changed the history of it. Yeah, my uh my daughter uh she was working at a grocery store when she was younger and working at a grocery store and this she said this old man uh kind of came up to her and he's like I'm sorry I don't have my glasses. Can you just tell me if this is and she's like she's turning around she's like that sounds like Willy Wonka and it was it was Gene Wilder. And she was like, um, yes, sir. That's what it says. She said, because I, I know you, dad. I know what people, you know, that people, you just leave me, let me just let me shop. You know what I mean? And uh, so she didn't say anything. And I'm like, it's Willy Wonka. You got to say something to him. <laughs> I'm like, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Did he like really... have a cane and sort of start to fall over and then do a, a somersault? You know, that is the reason why he accepted. That was his condition. When the producers came to him, he said, I'll play it, but uh, on, 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 on one condition, I get to introduce the character as I want to introduce the character. And they said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> he said, not in a creepy Johnny Depp sort of way. <laughs> uh, he said, I, I want to come out with a cane and I want to limp and then I want the cane to stick and I'm going to do a somersault and stand up. That's how I wanted it. And they were like that's your condition <laughs> uh okay <laughs> so anyway um there was a uh, podcast this weekend that we released on friday of uh, of a couple of friends of mine the elmers and i spoke to a lot of people this weekend and it is just i think it's just a really important uh podcast um, we made it so it was without commercial interruption. So you could listen to this podcast and really feel what these people are saying. It is um, a couple that fell in love years ago and he started to develop severe mental illness. And uh, it's something that nobody ever talks about. Although <laughs> it's a lot more talked about than when I was 15 years old and my mother committed suicide. We didn't talk about it until I was 30. Um, but now we can talk about depression and mental illness. And this is unlike anything I think I've ever heard. Please, I want to live an honest conversation about surviving depression. It's episode 181. You can get it wherever you're, you get your uh, podcasts or you can get it on blazetv.com. Sign up now and save Use the promo code Glenn. The Glenn Back Program. I want to tell you about a young woman named Victoria. You're going to want to hear this because she saved her unborn child. Victoria found herself facing the challenge of a lifetime when she discovered she was pregnant. A frantic internet search led her to a woman's clinic, clinic where she would ultimately decide the fate of the child growing inside of her. Thank goodness that was a preborn clinic that she found, and she was shown an ultrasound. Immediately, she, she formed a bond so strong with her unborn baby, she couldn't put it into words. Victoria chose life, and now she's eagerly awaiting the arrival of her baby boy. What you did was save that child. It was your donation specifically that went to save that baby and to make sure Victoria is helped out over the next couple of years with all the things that she might need to be a mom. 28 bucks can save a child. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Beck. 
preborn.com slash Beck. Save a life. Sponsored by Preborn. You get all the podcasts early if you're a member of Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Hey, I don't know if you saw what happened uh, in Chicago. Can we roll the tape on Chicago? Nothing. Nothing really bad happening in Chicago this weekend. Okay, so there were some teenagers that got a little out of control, maybe a little bit, uh, smashing windows and destroying public and private property and uh, and shootings and things like that, and everything was on fire. But that's no big deal. What is the problem? Can't blame them. Look, they, they this has happened multiple times now, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the the. the the, the incredible leadership of the city of Chicago has been there to try yes. to correct yeah. it. And it's, yeah. it's and this is the result of it. And, and yeah. they took out Lori Lightfoot to put in someone who might actually be worse. Yeah. So, it's hard to do. Yeah, which is it's really hard, hard to, to do. do. Very yeah. difficult to yeah. do. But they've done it, and, and this will mm-hmm. continue now. So i just like to ask, um, Escape from New York, I think it's probably going to be Escape from Chicago before New York. You know, but uh, escape from New York, it will be a prison because you take those 10 bridges out and nobody's getting off that island. So um, but you're going to have to have somebody come in and rescue people in Chicago. It's going to get bad. Imagine if society would break down. They're doing this already and society hasn't broken down. Oh, that's going to be good. It's going to be good. No, seriously, it's going to be good. We should talk about things, you know, Um, but we don't generally do that. But I think we should start. What is happening to us? Because we're about to enter a whole new world. We're about to give birth to something. Our due date is coming. You know, I was, I was, reading, um, I was reading the Bible this weekend, and I saw the words ripened fruit. And I thought, oh, wow, that's what we are. We are in our decay. We are ripened fruit, ready either for the picking or just to fall and rot on the ground. We got we to gotta change things. We have to start turning things around. And unfortunately, we have some huge issues that we're, we're not paying attention to and we're not making progress. We just keep arguing left versus right. We keep arguing Democrat or Republican. That's a really pretty useless argument at this point. Why don't we start arguing principles? Because if we don't return to those principles, we're in trouble. Here is here's the latest news on AI. Do you know that AI, ChatGPT and AI, it is doubling. What would you say is fast? It is doubling its power, its intellect, its toolbox, if you will. Every 48 hours. Every 48 hours, it's doubling. Uh, They've never seen anything like this. They're surprised. Whoa, we're surprised. Really? You were surprised? Because, you know, again, a guy who doesn't have all of your education. I swear to you, I should just be in some of these labs. I should go over to Wuhan. and I should just be there like, you know what? This is going to escape. Here's how it's going to escape. And then you're forced to listen to me, I think. I think. If we're going to have a, a world, just, we should just make the bankers 
listen to me and go, you know, uh, that that system there. I think you're relying too much on that uh, and you're doing all this bad stuff that weakens that. So you should stop doing that. Just all we need are just a bunch of farmers, really. Anybody, anybody who's just a regular schmo who's paying attention. You know all this. You know all these things are coming. AI doubling every 48 hours. That will mean for the average, uh, let's say a cell phone, it will make the, uh, the progress that a smartphone made from 2007, when it was first introduced, to 2018 in the next six months. I don't know. I don't know. That seems pretty fast. Uh, you are now entering a time where they're talking about we, we should shut this down. We, we should at least pause for a while. Well, you can't now because China is already there. And China's not going to shut it down. So do you want China to surpass the United States? How about this? We just shut down uh, the American innovation that's public. And we have everybody just work for the government like a Manhattan Project. So then the government is the only one with AI. Oh, that sounds good, too, doesn't it? There are no good options and too many nefarious people. When I saw the teenagers, I thought, oh, yeah, no, no, there's there's not people that just want to see the world burn Mm-mm. because ChatGPT, as it stands now, you can you can uh, make a weapon of mass destruction with ChatGPT. You could right now, if you're really nefarious, say Find the most important people in institutions and uh, search them out, develop fake, uh, you know, web portals for all of these banks and send emails out and say, you've got to change, go through this web portal. And it looks just like Bank of America. And as it's rejected or accepted, it learns how to write that letter to get you to go through that portal. And then once it has all of your information, it just clears your bank accounts. And it does it with everybody who is very, very, very wealthy. Does it to the corporations. Does it to anybody that will log online. Not the little people. It's a weapon of mass destruction. That could happen today with ChatGPT. And it will learn. You could do that today. I was listening to David Sachs on uh, All In, his podcast, and they were talking about scenarios like that. They're like, done. What do you think? And David was like, "Uh, well, we should just wait for regulation. We don't know what we're dealing with yet. And I'm like, what do we what do you mean? Wait, it's doubling every every two days. What are how long do we wait? 30 days? Five weeks? How long do we wait? Because the world is going to change at an exponential pace. And I don't have a solution. I don't think there is a solution except for all of us coming back to true principles and understanding self-regulation. Just because you can do something, Wuhan Labs, 
<laughs> you don't do it. Just because you can, you don't. I mean, I appreciate your um, I, this as a an important principle for humanity generally. Yes. But I don't even know how that solves this problem. I mean, what does self-regulation do to the, and you, as you point out, all of us using the, you know, very uh, easy to achieve standard of full compliance. I mean, I really, like, well, the, <laughs> the idea is either we self-regulate, which won't happen. There's always, I mean, in billions of people, there's somebody who's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna set the whole world on fire. Okay? It's always somebody. It's always somebody. Um, and if we don't have it, if the average person doesn't have it, because, well, we're going to protect, we're going to protect everybody. Then you have governments in charge of it. Like they're not going to enslave the world. All right. That's going to be terrible, too. Yeah. Horrible. This, this horrible. is bordering, I will be honest, on one of those problems. And there's a few of them out there that just feels so big that I just kind of throw my hands up and don't care about it anymore. That is like where I'm starting to get with AI. Oh, well, because it's either it's something's going to happen with it, and I know I can't control it, and I don't know. I honestly don't know what the answer is. It's the, coming the, way too fast. The answer is uh, the answer I gave in 2007 or eight: unplug from the system. Make sure that you're not reliant on giant systems. I read an interesting manifesto by a guy who lived in a shack who recommended right? the same thing. Right? I'm starting to wonder. So you know between who, him and the villain in a view to a kill. I mean, did we have did they have some of this down? Do you remember the guy we interviewed? What was his name from uh, Yale University? Mathematician. Oh yeah, incredible guy. Yeah, yeah. I he do has a black glove on his hand like Darth Vader because he was the first target of the Unabomber. Hold on, let me ask AI what his name is. Yeah, okay, and he opened up his mailbox and it. A, a bomb of nails went off. He is in tremendous pain to this day. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, and uh, he wrote a book about this time. And the Unabomber missed his point. He was like, guys, we shouldn't go here. This is what the world looks like. And he said, I think I think Ted Kaczynski just read like the first half of the book where I was explaining what can be done because in the second half of the book, I'm like, we shouldn't do it. But so he didn't, Ted Kaczynski didn't get it from him. He got this technology from a guy who, you know, has worked for Apple. He's, he's, he's won the biggest case. I think he won a billion dollar case against uh, Apple for stealing some software. I mean, he's a genius, and he's been warning about it for a long time. And what he says is the same thing that it's going to, guys, this is going, you're going to see all of these lines come together. All of these things that are problems, they're all going to come down to one solution. And that solution is you strengthening your core with God. That's it. It's the only thing that's... Remember when I said to you, there's going to come a time when you're going to be walking down the street and you're going to hear, don't go there, turn around. And you've got to stop and turn around and not question that voice. That time is right around the corner, right around the corner. Profound change is coming. And it doesn't mean that that's bad. It just means that you have to be prepared. 
Somebody asked me, well, let me take a quick break and I'll come back and finish this thought. Dr. David Gelertner, by the way. Gelertner, that's what it is. Um, all right. Is uh, if something goes wrong, and I mean really wrong, how prepared are you? This is one of the things you can do to get the stress out of your life. Just be prepared. And you know what? There's going to be something you forget. There's going to just let it go. Let it go. Do the best you can. Do the next right thing and then let it go. I mean, I, this is where this is the only thing is saving my sanity with my kids. I did the best I could at the time. So I got to let it go. Food from my Patriot Supply, delicious. The whole family will love it. Uh, you will also get a gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system. This thing is amazing. You can literally take, I think we did this too in New York. We took water out of a dirty street mud puddle. And there was somebody on staff that was like, I'll drink diet. And they did. And they live today. We didn't think they'd live for 10 minutes. Uh, and it went through a Lexus Pure Pro water. You're going to need things like this. It's a $279 uh, value. You get it as a bonus. So your food and water needs covered in a crisis. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. The great special right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Glenn Beck. So I was just asking uh, ChatGPT, what can I do to raise my credit score? You've got, uh, number one, pay your bills on time. Number two, reduce your credit utilization. Number three, check your credit report for errors. Number four, keep old credit accounts open. And number five, limit new credit applications. And then it says, remember... Shut up, you sound like my father. <laughs> it says, remember, improving your credit score takes time and effort by consistently following good credit habits... And uh, following good uh, credit habits and monitoring your credit report, you can gradually improve your score over time. I mean, sure, that's true. But like, why would you do that when I mean, you should do those things, of course. But why not do Scoremaster as well? Because you don't have to wait all this time, stupid chat GPT. You don't have to do all those things forever to get a slight improvement in your credit score. That's the old way of doing this. Scoremaster is the new science in accelerating credit scores. And it puts you in control of your money not the bank. They'll help you with all this stuff. They understand these algorithms and they can help reverse engineer all of this for you to get your credit score up. It can save you, you know, $75,000, $100,000 on the refinancing of a house over a, a few uh, years. It's uh, it's an incredible, incredible tool. They have a great three-week rule that basically says if you're going to make a major purchase, wait three weeks, then do it because you can go through the Scoremaster process and add 30 to 100 points to your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash blaze, scoremaster.com slash blaze. Uh, use the, uh, get the, get your uh, access right now for free at scoremaster.com slash blaze. So I want to show you how insignificant things become massive things in our head. Right now, you would say, I'm not going to New York City. I mean, crime is crazy there, and it is. 6,000 arrests, 6,000 arrests just for shoplifting. How many people does that involve? How many people are doing the bulk of all of the shoplifting? 347. 347 people in Manhattan have turned that almost into a 
prison situation when you go into a drugstore or a shopping center. You, you, we still surround the bad guys. There are more of us, and I mean Democrats, Republicans, independents. There are more people that believe in God, just haven't said anything. I don't know why. Maybe because we've never, ever had to fight for it. We've never had to fight for what we believe. We've always been a country that believes in tolerance. I still believe in tolerance. But not of lies. Not of lies. Sorry, you know, you can believe you are a man and you can have a baby, but don't teach that to my kids. Don't teach that to my kids. You can think you want to have sex and sex is normal with a six-year-old, but society doesn't, and I'm not tolerant on that one. Yeah, no, you you can't really. Yeah. You can't think that. Correct. (laughs) You can, but you belong in jail. (laughs) I guess thought crimes are not possible. Right. Uh, Right. But uh, if if we come up with a way to make them possible, if we get the people, what are the the three things, the three dudes or ladies in the milk in in what movie is that? (laughs) The uh, Tom Cruise movie? Whether I like bathing in milk. Yes, you do. You've referenced it a thousand times on the show. I don't know it. I don't watch people bathe in milk movies. What's the name of the stupid I don't, movie? Yeah, the, so the, the, Sarah doesn't even know. You all this, know it. You're a freak. You are a out. weird. You're freezing me out. You're a real freak. Anyway. What is the So name where do it? you get your hope from? Oh, where do you get your hope from? People GPT. Have, shut up. People have, people have asked me just this weekend. Somebody said to me, "Where I listen to you every day. How do you do it every day? Yeah, I would be hopeless. And I'm like, well, it's my job to do it. So I do it every day because I believe in something and I believe my job is to warn people. But you're right. It is very tiring, but I'm not hopeless because I know God and I have seen him in my own life. He has taken me a worthless, hopeless alcoholic who screwed up everything in his life. And he's put me in a position where, by my actions, I can either cause trust or distrust. That, that's an amazing thing. Because I didn't get me here. I, my talent? Nope. I mean, Radio Hall of Fame. They are morons. When it comes to talent? Nope. Not me. <laughs> By the way, thankfully, we put this hour on YouTube and all of our commenters are correctly identifying Minority Report as the movie I was talking about. Thank oh, you. the milk Thank bath. You, That's not they're taking a milk bath. Yes, they're in the milk. They're pre-crimes. They're not girls. They're, pre- ta- they're three girls I taking milk baths I didn't say- with Tom Cruise. That's a totally different image <laughs> than the pre-cogs. <laughs> there wow. are three girls in the milk telling you about pre-crime. <laughs> That's exactly. I've nailed it. <laughs> The Glenn Beck Program.